Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and on this Monday afternoon, I'm delighted to be joined by Amy Canavan and Tony Haggerty. Uh, we're going to be talking about the weekend that we've just witnessed as Celtic supporters and the week ahead, the big game against Hearts, obviously coming up. But we will have a depleted squad, and I'm going to ask yourself first, Amy. You know, um, how surprising is that really when we've been going on all season about the protection of Celtic players from that very first game when Halliday went in high on McGregor. We started pinpointing every single time that that happened and it was going unpunished. And here we are 
moving into the month of February, going into a, a very tough run of games, and we're going to be without um, probably our most influential player, our leader in Callum McGregor, due to the fact that the, these roughhouse tactics, as, I, as I've called them today, um, have never been challenged. They've never been challenged by us as a club. Um, and we want we need to talk about it because we need to talk about how to resolve this. Uh, but first and foremost, how surprised or were you surprised at the tactics tactics deployed by Barry Ferguson's Alwa on Saturday night? Not a single bit. Um, and I'm surprised that we're going into this Hearts game on Wednesday or, as you say, this string of, uh, string of games sorry, with a depleted squad again, not at all. I think Alan Morrison touched on it on Friday. And we averaged six injured players every game. That's yeah, astonishing. That um, and I understand and I appreciate not all of them will be because of tackles or opposition. You know, I can we've touched on this before as well that um, I don't know if it's an intensity in training or the style of play, but there are just a lot of hamstring injuries right now as well. So I appreciate that it's not all from you know tackles and whatnot, but a proportion of it is. And hopefully, I don't know, maybe ask Alan to look into that further and, and uh, figure out the stats on that one. But no, I'm not surprised at all. And I'm not surprised at Alawa's game plan really um, on Saturday to a degree I can't really blame them you know you or you know when you go to even if it was not Barry Ferguson's side you're going to go to a lower league side in the Scottish Cup they're going to sit back and they're going to try and bite away um, because they know they're not going to outplay a Celtic or a Rangers or a Hearts or a Hibs although Cove Rangers will um, but you know, it's just kind of the nature of going to a lower league side now. Um, but in saying that, you then expect uh, a high quality referee in Don Robertson, if you can call him high quality, but he is one of the, the top grades, you know, he's a premiership referee week in, week out. Uh, you expect a little bit of protection. Um, and you're spot on. The, the, if the club aren't speaking out about it, somebody has to. And it shouldn't just be Celtic fans, it should be fans right across the country. And I've said it time and time again, it's not just a Celtic issue. Um, I'm not going to batter on about it, but if you've anyone caught, you know, Ockham like Talbot up against Hearts, um, it was the early kickoff on Saturday. I'm all for an underdog story more than anybody with, with Rose, but Talbot, you know, got away with murder. The Hearts offsides, the punch, and Maradona would have been proud of that punch. Um, the, the offsides, the, the referee and just the officiating across the board, across the country is just an absolute disgrace to be honest That was one of the points actually that Kevin Graham raised in our private chat group around the fact that what's the point in uh, removing a particular referee from a particular league and putting them down the leagues because down there the refereeing's not much better, so the, the issue is across the board, but I think we're in a week Tony where Rangers take up a complaint against Kevin Clancy uh, obviously unhappy that they've had someone sent off after two and a bit years. Uh, I think the last time they had somebody sent off was probably the last time I had any time off in the studio. It was over two years ago, Tony, and the antics of Scott Brown obviously annoyed them somewhat as well. So they raise a complaint. Now, I'm not going to say that we need to look at another team in Scotland and say, well, that's how they deal with it. This is how we should deal with it. But we've been talking about this all season and it comes up to the point where the referee against Alawa was the referee against Dundee United when Turnbull was taken very, very high. I mean, it was almost knee high. Um, and then people start to pull out other challenges that he has officiated. I think the Tierney one against Motherwell, which was yeah, horrific. That was a horrific challenge. Uh, was it the boy Bowman that, that uh, took mm -hmm. him high, right up in the knee? So against um, Alawa, what, what did we see? We've seen a shoulder to McGregor's face. We'll talk about this in more detail uh, because I've seen a lot of people saying, listen, that was accidental. That could have happened. 
I look at it slightly differently. Do I have my green tinted spectacles on? I don't know. But I just feel that if the, the boy's going to put his, put his body there, having no attempt whatsoever to actually get to the ball, then he's endangering his opponent. And, and that's exactly what uh, happened to Callum McGregor. Salmon elbows Welsh. He, Welsh must be feeling hard done by. He got elbows in, this, in the League Cup final as well, remember. Um, you know, no, semi-final, sorry. It was Rooney. Elbowed him in, in the face as well. Um, Jota comes on, and we're all chuffed that he's uh, coming on. And he's scythed within 60 seconds of coming on. And, and of course, Iriguchi, um was was literally kicked off the park. I was surprised that he walked off the park, Tony. So we're now in this situation, as I was saying there, and as Amy and I were discussing, that we are going into February and nothing has been done. And in many ways, it's getting worse. So what, as a football club, should we be doing about this? We said the last time, I said that, that, that they'd reached the, the tipping point and mm-hmm. Celtic had to challenge us. You don't need to do it publicly. You don't need to tell anybody. And, and I'm not, and I don't know. I mean, as, as Jim often says, we don't know what goes on behind, behind closed doors. Maybe Celtic are challenging this. But, uh, and I guess Angie will not be drawn on it. Andrew's just not want to make excuses. His mantra is always, we'll just win. Yeah, and that and that's fine if you are winning. But the as Amy said there, the referees in this country, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. They're just rank at their job. They're mm. rank awful officials. And I've said before, Don Don Robertson, what's he seen? Or what's he not seen in all of these incidents? that you and I, through the naked eye, can see firsthand and at normal speed that it's ascending off. This guy's qualified to make those decisions and see if he's not getting any help from his assistants. Then they're all no fit for purpose. They should be removed from office and removed from duty. Who you replace them with, I don't know. Then it becomes the argument, well, they're all just as bad as each other. And they are. Mm. They're all trying to outdo each other this season with... Utterly preposterous decisions. How you can't tell me a guy, you know, putting his body into a man's cheekbone, isn't he sending off? It's endangering an opponent. Yep. Read the rules. How you can't tell me that the follow through on Eddie Gucci's no red card is beyond me? And I and I and I wrote a piece in the Celtic way, and I came on this broadcast and said it as well. Somebody from some team is going to end up with players seriously hurt. Now, we watch it through a Celtic prism because we're Celtic supporters and it's my job to watch Celtic football matches. So I'm not being biased because I'm watching the team that I support and it's my job to watch. But I have also made the point that Aberdeen, Dundee United, Motherwell, Hibs, Hearts, they'll have a litany of decisions within their own clubs. So it's up to them now to say enough's enough. Everybody come together and say, we've had it up to here because somebody's Somebody is going to get a leg breaker. We spoke off camera. We reckon there's about 12, mm. 13. You know, and Alan Morrison's been doing his own thing about uh, compiling these instances where Celtic players have been hurt. And they've been badly hurt. And through the grace of God that nobody's out for the season, some of them are shocked. I mean, they're the definition of shockers and nothing seems to be done. Mm. And if you're talking about do you know what? I'd love, I'd love to pin Don Robertson down and talk him through them. See, in a Dermot Gallagher style, see, you tell me why you gave that decision. 
I think referees now have to to be told to speak up or, or something so that you can get a better handle and a better understanding because it fuels paranoia, basically. It fuels conspiracy theories. And as I say, I'm not either or. I just think they're rank bad officials and they're hopeless at their job. But up and down the country, football fans are tearing their hair out because every week they're seeing guys, you know, the victim of shocking tackles and their club or the club they support being the victim of horrendous decisions. The one player that springs to my mind from the not-too-distant past who's come into the side and seemed to be targeted time and time again, Amy, was Jeremy Frimpong. I mean, the amount of terrible challenges that went in on Frimpong, I've seen him getting stretched off at least twice. Now, you look at some of these young guys, uh, you know, looking at Scotland and Celtic as an option as part of their progression and their journey. And they look at that and they think to myself, well, actually, you know, you're going to get kicked off the park and it might be a career-threatening injury or you might lose a year of your career due to the fact that there's no protection. That's the big thing, going back to what Tony said there. I focus on the protection of the players. We know that the standard of refereeing is really substandard in this country. And, you know, the reasons around that, we could debate forever and a day, right? But really, it's the protection of the players that's important. So when you watch that, I mean, the one against McGregor, you see, you can see that there's something awry in his face when he's walking off. There's something broken, there's something fractured. The tackle on Idiguchi, you're worried about the ankle because of the angle that the ankle's sitting on, the, the, the plastic turf. But see, when you watch it back, the way that his, his knee almost straightens out, that's dangerous as well. So you're, you're endangering uh, two parts of the, the player's leg. That's in, his, in just his second game for Celtic in his first start. For Celtic, you've got a player in Jota who we're trying our best to, to bring in permanently. And he's looking over at Benfica and the possibility of returning to Benfica. There might be interest elsewhere. He's on the park for 60 seconds and he's completely snapped. And and it must put players off, Amy, looking at the standard of a referee and, and the failure by the officials to protect players when they're looking at Celtic as an option. Yeah, it has to be. Um, and I said that before, I'm not looking for additional protection for the creative players and for your, your Yotas or going back to Frimpong, your fast your fast players, sorry. But there needs to just be that basic protection and the referee's duty to protect all players. Um, but I, 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 don't, I, I don't blame, I wouldn't blame any player because you look at this and you're thinking, like you say, you think, right, Celtic, and I don't, I know people don't like it, but Many players do view us as a stepping stone. There's just no denying it right now. But why would you want to use this even as a stepping stone? Because you might not even get to step onto another stone because your career might be over by the time you've even left here. Because these tackles, they're, they're shocking. But it goes back to it. It's not looking for any kind of additional protection. It's just the basic protection that referees duty. Um, but it is, it's right across the leagues. I don't know who's going to start calling it out, but, but somebody has to. Yeah, and you know, when you consider that, Tony, imagine being an agent and you, you've got management of a, a number of young players and you're looking for moves all over Europe and further afield and Celtic are interested in one of your boys and you can look at all the success stories and you're selling that idea to somebody from um, Portugal or, or even from Japan and you say, you know, within three years, you're going to have interest. If you perform at that level, when we get into the Champions League, you're going to have interest from the big leagues, one of the big leagues. And that's the promise that they'll be given to their players, right? Do you think it would eventually, if this isn't tackled, uh, pardon the pun, do you think it would start putting young, talented players off? 
it's possible, but I uh, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I, I, I was up out my seat with the first challenge on Jota. I was just, you know, you're just thinking to yourself, wow. Just back oh, from injury, I, you know. Back from injury. Hold on, and the first one's just, and it's, and it's an attempt to hurt him, you know. And you, you're not, as you say, you're not looking for favours. You're just looking for referees to do their job. Protect players. I mean, I mean, when I was playing, I used to walk onto the park and say to the ref, Joe, first thing I always say to the ref was, protection for ball players, ref. And I would say number seven. And he would laugh, you know. But you put that seed in his head that, all right, let's see how good you are type thing. And sometimes you, you did get protection. You know, because guess what? I'd get you up and down the place when you're out wide. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm of the opinion that, you know, I I don't know if uh, that would necessarily put. I hesitate to use the words hammer throws, right? I don't think the, I don't think sort of that kind of reputation in Scotland would put somebody off coming here when you can see the when you can play for some a team like Celtic or Rangers, you can play in front of fast crowds and possibly play in a Champions League. You know, you you'd have to ask individual players, but there's all there's always that. You know, people add that caveat, don't they? Can mm. they do it on a wet Wednesday night and you know, at Ross County or Inverness or or Alawa, that kind of thing. So they these are these these are entered into the Scottish football lexicon for a reason. You know, players might not fancy it, but I tell you what, the, the one thing that I was pleased about on Saturday was the fact that James McCarthy actually showed a bit of physicality for Celtic on Saturday and I was kind of cheering that. I thought, well at least if you're, you know, people can slag you and say what they like, but, but you put the boot in and went like that. Do you know what? No, you're no kicking us up and down the place. I'll boot you back. And I think there's a lack of physicality possibly in the Celtic team. You know, we have a lot of flair players, which is another argument altogether. You know, but you're, you're talking about, you know, I still think Scotland's an attractive proposition for foreign footballers to come to Celtic or Rangers uh, and play your football with the uh, with the trappings of success and spin-offs that that entails. And that's probably your best, uh, you know, stepping stone to England, if, if that's the way you're going to frame it. You know, they don't they don't sell it on the back of, you're going to go to Allah on a Scottish Cup tie and play in plastic, you know, because you see it might have a detrimental effect on it. But most people see the, the likes of Celtic and Rangers and, and the Champions League and, winning, and being successful and winning trophies as they're lured to come to then take their career on to another level. Will Jota have made up his mind on the fact he gets sacked down at Alloa? I would conjecture not. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. The, uh, it used to be a harder thing to sell, Tony, of course, where you had to show them the uh, the training complex that was Barrafield. Um, <laughs> and you're attracting players like Cadetti, um, Di Canio, et al. And here are our training facilities. Brilliant. Now, the, the one who scythed, because I'm going to keep using that word, uh, Jota, I think it was Boyd, wasn't it? Number 11, Boyd. And was it not the same boy who later on done the exact same to Rogic 
Now, there are at least two bookable offences, both those tackles, you know. But when you look at the, the booking count, Alwa had one player booked, Celtic had one player booked. You look at the possession again, and it was 79 against 21. Celtic penalised nine times for fouls, Alwa penalised eight times. How often have we seen that this season? Amy, we've seen it against Livingston as well, where we're getting like 80% of the possession. It must be every time we lose the ball, we're kicking somebody. Yeah, it doesn't add up, does it? Um, the Livy one was amazing. I remember the stats after that. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I think we just laughed for a good minute. Um, like you say, it would have been a tackle like every 30 seconds or something. It was crazy. Um, but I going back to, to Saturday there, it doesn't add up. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of talk, I think, around the whole Scottish football right now that you think, like, right, do... Um, like previous does does your previous history your track record kind of go against players and whatnot but if that's the case and it was totally out the window on Saturday as well because Niang um, who who caught Gucci he's been sent off twice Um, I watched them obviously against Bonnig and um, the previous round Rose obviously beat um, Al obviously beat Rose and you know, it was the same kind of guy that we highlighted because you're like, wow, there were, there were a few reckless ones there. And he is, he's a big physical guy. Not got a problem being a big physical guy. As Tony said, it's probably something that Celtic are lacking right now. Um, but to 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 be able to go in on Gucci like that um, and it just, not even to be laughed upon, but just kind of been, to, to really be ignored to a degree. Um, and you even look at the Cal McGregor one as well. It's probably, it's another case of ignoring it wasn't even, play wasn't even halted, you know, you should really say that it's a head knock for starters, so the game should immediately be stopped, that's another you know error on, on Don Robertson's part because the minute there's a head knock it should be stopped it took a good few seconds, I don't know, probably about five seconds because the ball went to the other side of the pitch until play was stopped for McGregor, so it's time and time again um, and I don't you know, incompetence is a big word but it's getting to that stage it's the basic, basic errors that referees are making. And the, the McGregor one in particular is just shocking, the fact that the play wasn't even stopped initially. So we're saying that, you know, how is the referee not seeing that? He's not even noticing or highlighting it as a head knock, which is so clear when your captain, who doesn't go down, never really goes down, talking about track records, he's not a guy who stays down for more than two seconds. He's right back up. So you take that into consideration as well. The fact that he's down holding his head and play wasn't even halted, that's just, you know, that's the glaring thing for me. Yeah, absolutely, because it's about protecting the players. And I think McGregor, the list you're talking about, Tony, uh, in the wee black book, it definitely is at least a dozen strong, maybe more, and ever-growing of offences that should have resulted in red cards uh, or further stronger action. And I think McGregor's been involved in at least three of them. (laughs) Halliday on the first day of the season, Porteous against Hibs, where there's a gash in his shin, and finally the serious one. It could be out for... A couple of months. That that's the worst um, that I've seen. The worst scenario is that he might be out for a couple of months. So you go into this game against Alwa, Tony, and uh, you know it would have been lovely to go in and win four and five nil. We were talking about the game when Cadetti scored a hat trick um, back in the day, and we won it a bit of a canter. It wasn't that type of night. So you look at that tie and think, well, it's good just to get out of there with the with a win. And you move on to the next round. What did you make of the game, though? And in particular, Tony, some of the players that came in for game time who had previously been on the fringes, such as Ralston, Scales, Welsh, Idiguchi, even, and Yakamakis. What was your thoughts on their performances? I thought Scales was the most impressive of all the ones you mentioned there. Scales was really good. Delivery was on the money for 
Yakimakis's goal. Yakimakis mm. took his goal well and uh, you know, difficult skill, the volley. But that apart, I wasn't too impressed with Yakimakis. He looks a bit too static for an Ange team. And again, the second one, second minutes later, or moments later when he's running through, see when you separate great players and good players, great players lay that off or they score. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they see the picture, they see the overall picture. They don't miss. Someone said to me, if that's Larson running through, he's chipping it over the goalkeeper, isn't he? He's dinking it and scoring. Right? Or if he thinks there's, there's trouble, he just not shunts it to the side. So his partner who's got a tap in. Yeah. He's got to see the whole picture, you know, and, and that separates you know, the great players and the, the good players. And even then, your jury's out on Jack and Mac has been either or. He needs a lot more game time and a lot more to convince the Celtic fans that he will be the man to lead the line uh, moving forward at all. Uh, but, you know, he took his goal well. I'll give him credit for that. But And then missed that sitter uh, when a wee bit of vision would have helped. Apart from that, I didn't. I wasn't too impressed with him. Either Gucci, I thought, was tidy, was OK, but I don't know if maybe I was expecting a bit more because of the the other two that hit the ground running, Maida and Hatati against against Hibs. But mm-hmm. I'm allowing for the the night it was and the fact that he got a cruncher put in it and when it's maybe that was maybe a culture shock for him and playing on that kind of surface and you know, so that's fine. Ralston tidy did okay. Welsh, you know, still I think he was in a game with Salmon, wasn't he? He should have done better at the goal, I think, sorry. He should have done better as well, just get caught right underneath it. And, you know, wasn't a nervous last 12, 13 minutes per se, but it was a lot more fraught than it probably should have been. You know, again, Celtic were missing chances. Maida missed one. Giacomacchus, I think, missed one as well. But, uh, yeah, so these things are on a height of nothing. You won 5 nothing, nobody bats an eyelid. You win 2 1, you lose players and. You know, it's it, it comes at a cost. You know, but it, the job done. We'd love to have got the job done. You know, a lot more efficiently and without losing players, but we did. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the big takeoff <laughs> from it that we we lost vital players from it. Yeah. When you look yep. at when Celtic earlier in the season, Kyogo and McGregor were out. They were vital parts of our team, and we went on a we won one game in five. And that was against Faith Rovers in the Cup. We drew against Living. Sorry, we, we lost to Livingston away in the league. And we drew against Dundee United at home in the league. And we lost European games in between. You know, they're, they're two massive players for our football team. Yeah, yep. Massive yeah. players. You know, so you, you cannot underestimate that or underemphasize that. You know, and, you, you, and we lost those players due to the, you know, the ineptitude of the officials. No, that, no, that's exactly it. Ross McGregor, sorry to the ineptitude of officials because you're not protecting players. 
it comes right back to that that yeah. key the key point. I mean, if I was looking at that that performance, and by the way, we will be getting everybody's um, views on this matter. If you're in the comment section, keep chatting away, and we'll pull up as many comments as we possibly can. Uh, I was looking at Ralph, and I thought he looked a wee bit uh, rusty coming in, but that's what's going to happen if you're trying to rotate and you're trying to uh, bring players in just to give them game time. Often that will be the case. Scales, I was impressed by. I have been impressed with Scales. I think he done it against Ross County, didn't he? And he done it against Alawa. Again, his delivery looked very good. Uh, you could almost think he could play a left wing back the way that he was playing there, Amy. Uh, Welsh, a player that I like, but yeah, I thought he was caught uh, napping a wee bit again. And that's a part of his game that we have highlighted before. Eddie Gucci, I thought he did all right as well, but as Tony says, you know, um, you're coming into the the shadows almost of Maeda and, and Hatati, um, who have followed Kyogo. So the expectancy was very, very high, but I thought he did all right. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of him. And Yakamakis, I'll come back to because I gave him somewhat uh, of a hard time after the game. And I'm going to explain my thinking behind that and it's certainly not to have a go at Celtic players just for the sake of it but I, I didn't think he played particularly well Yakimakis. Um however you've got to take into account the fact that he's not had a run in games he's had a stop start season due to injuries and fitness match fitness and perhaps you've got to go through a number of games like that so that he can get his sharpness so I take all that into consideration but really um, when I look at Yakimakis, he scored a, a goal. I thought he took it very well in 13 minutes, 15 minutes. He's one on one with the goalkeeper. It should result in a goal either way, Tony. Like you say, you either lay it off or you score yourself. On the 65th minute, it was the second half that I felt he, he performed poorly. The ball comes to him and it bounces off him. There's a fresh air kick. I'm starting to get concerned after 65 minutes if your legs are going at that point. Uh, 67 minutes, a really, really poor ball to Rogic when we're on the, the attack at that point, and he basically plays it at such a pace to Rogic that it's behind him by the time Rogic gathers it. 70 minutes header from Skills, his cross could have done better. 84 minutes miss from um, a Maeda cross, and again, it went down as a good block by the, the defender, but I don't think the defender had much choice because it was played straight to him. So when I'm looking at his performance, I'm looking at every single part of the game. Uh, that he's involved in, so rather than the the distance that he's covered and the heat map, etc. But the moments where he's involved in the game, and I don't think he'd done enough with the ball, he could have had a hat-trick, Amy. Um, what's your thoughts on these players who currently are potentially fringe players, but who might have to get utilised, and in Yakimakis's case, will be utilised in the coming games? Yeah, Yakimakis has got a, a big few days, weeks, um, games ahead of him. So I'm not too too critical, and I know you're not being critical. <coughs> it's not the right word, but I don't think it was a, a too bad a performance um, on Saturday from him. I do think he should have, you know, either laid it off to Maeda or scored. I think everyone can kind of be in that general consensus. But at the same time, I think Maeda should have scored with his effort, um, or at least should have played it back. So I think in the sense of, you know, missing goals almost, I think they both kind of have to be judged kind of fairly. But I wouldn't be one to, to judge Yakimakis right now. I think he, he said it himself, this is his season starting now. It was always going to be a probably a tiring game for him um, after the hour mark kind of kind of level because he's not played for so long um, and he admitted that himself but I really liked his post-match interview I thought he seemed really keen um, and I think he's aware that the pressure is now on him I do I think the team will probably need to also 
not not pander to him, but we'll need to realise that you know he's not the typical for Angie's system. Um, mm. It's going to be much more of Joe Hart with a big ball up and just trying to find him. And he is going to be a target man, and he rightly should be because you know look at the size of him. He, he definitely should be. So it's a different avenue to go down. Um, but I think it will take probably Hearts on, on Wednesday as well um, to to not. <coughs> be too harsh but he'll, he'll probably have a, another tricky game and he, he probably won't be up to what we want our standards to be at but I think he needs to be given a, a fair crack fair crack of the whip I think he needs to be given these big games you know and if he scores on Wednesday and scores against you know and scores in the Glasgow Derby as well he's going to be a hero so it is it's fickle as a, as a Celtic fan it's fickle as a as a Celtic fan as a, as a football fan but no, for for me right now, I wouldn't be too harsh on on Yakimakis. I think he's done okay, and I think the misses and the criticism that can be put on the misses could be put on Maeda as well. Nice bit of balance here from Amy, just to show that you don't get a script before we no. come into the bullet. Amy, my opinion, well, absolutely. Well, I also think that she in a roundabout way, she Wednesday night it'll mm. shoot Yakimakis. It's a rough and tumble game. You know what I mean? Hearts are going to come at you and it's going to be a bit similar to to Alawa. But I think you're going to be playing on a much better surface. And I think actually you can alleviate a bit of the pressure on him or the criticism by scoring in a meaningful game like Hearts, Dundee United and Rangers. And then, you know, people's mind will start to change. You're only commenting on what you're seeing. You know, all strikers miss chances, you know. I get slaughtered for, for having a goat Kyoko in the first game of the season when he should have had six. And he only, and he only got three. And then I, I made that comment. But Andrew's still banging on about it. We were talking about it back then in August about missing chances. Yeah. We're still talking about it and the manager's angry about it because after every game he says, we missed chances. We weren't clinical enough. We weren't ruthless enough. Ruthless enough, sorry. So, you know, when you're playing as a striker for Celtic, you have to be clinical. You have to be ruthless. And that's all we're asking from from Big Yakimakis. Uh, and I agree with Amy to an extent that, yeah, I, I think it was Alan that said 900 minutes, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. That sort of form. So that's 10 games, isn't it? That's, that's probably fair. But uh, as I said there, I thought he took his, his goal brilliantly well. It's a really difficult skill. I mean, delivery was bang on the money, but he buried it. So you can see there was a predatory instinct. But, I mean, seconds later, he gets what you think is an easier chance. And he contrives to miss that by not being in total control as he's running through and making up his mind or else not seeing the full picture and squaring it for, you know. So you're wanting your striker just to be switched on at all times, you know, and, and be aware. Just be spatially aware and just aware of stuff, and maybe you want more, and if he's going to be a target man, so be it, but make yourself a nuisance, be a pest, I didn't see that often enough from Yakimakis on Saturday, but I want to see it on Wednesday, and if he says his season starts now, which was a very good interview, as Amy highlighted, then go and prove it, go and show us that your season starts now, go and be hungry, go and score twice against Hearts, go and be the name in the school sheet against United, and Buster got to do it, against Rangers, and then you'll convince everybody that, yeah, you do have something to offer moving forward and, and you will come good. That's all the selfie supporters want to see. You can put up with strikers missing chances. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. But not when, you know, it's, it's you know, down to a lack of concentration or lack of ruthlessness or just, you know, that it might be the one of the few opportunities that you get and you're remembered for that rather than your overall work rate. Now, you always miss chances, but his work rate can never be questioned, can it? And people always say he puts on a shift for the team. He's, he's got that it, hard work and ethic and, you know, and he's always terrific, even if he's not on a score sheet. Most of the time he is, but he's not. You, you can't say that about Jack and Marcus. And Maida the other night scored a goal after four minutes, but everybody was impressed by the way he shut down everything. And he was just, he was on the go the whole time. Mm. And you want that from just, that's the way Ange wants to win. I know Jack and Marcus is maybe not up to speed with that yet, but he's going to have to learn that that's the kind of shift he's going to have to put in, which is why when he was coming on for these 20 minutes, 25-minute cameos, holding the ball up, playing guys in. He actually looked pretty good, right? Because that was kind of catering to his game and it was only for bit parts. But now we're wanting it for the whole game because he's going to have to be trusted because he's the only natural striker we've got for the next three games, which, as you and I know, and Amy knows, these these could be season-defining games. Yeah. You've got hearts away, Dundee United at home, sorry, aye, Rangers at home, Three games which could define your campaign. See, when you, you think about getting two goals against Hearts, I just hope, uh, bio-esque, that they don't go down as, oh, geez, I hope he does get the two goals. Um, and I'm delighted when any Celtic player proves me wrong. I've not written him off. I've just said he was poor against Arlo, and I did think he was pretty poor over the piece. But see, when, when we're looking um, at some of the points that we've raised there, the other the other one being that uh, these guys get a chance like they did against Alawa. Um, the way that things have gone this season, going back to the start that Alan's already produced, which is astonishing, six players on average injured for every single game, then you've got to take your chance. It doesn't matter if it's against Alawa on a plastic park. You've got to make an impression because you never know that in the in the next game, the big game, you might be the only guy that can fulfil that position. So I think that going into the game against Harps, uh, we will have a wee talk about who starts. We're going to have a wee chat about the midfield and the, the makeup of that midfield. If you're listening in and you disagree with any of the points that we're making, comment. 
and we'll bring up your comments if we get round to, to seeing them. They are coming in thick and fast. We're going out to about a thousand lives, so thank you all for joining us. And Magnet67, um, always looking really chuffed to himself with that catch, a couple of fish there. Um, the board should present their case. There's a lot of people out there who are constantly fishing in the comment section, Magnet, so I don't know if that's a wee nod to them. The board should present their case with all the clips as evidence and demand outside impartial referees. Uh, the thing that wouldn't surprise me as if Celtic were doing things behind the scenes because obviously we hear uh, constantly about uh, Rangers being unhappy because it's broadcast or it's part of a statement. What I've seen, Amy, since uh, Michael Nicholson particularly has come in is that they seem to just go about their business. I mean, one minute we're sitting here and we're unaware of any signing targets, the next minute we've signed a player. That's the way that Celtic seem to be going about their business behind the scenes. You know, we unveil three players before the transfer window opens. And if Celtic were going about um, some kind of action, I reckon it would be behind the scenes and we wouldn't be aware of it anyway, Amy. Yeah, I do agree with you there. Um, So, and and I've not got a problem with that, to be honest with you. I quite like, you know... As, as we kind of say, like non-footballing matters um, and, and the non-footballing guys can kind of deal with that. So I, I'm more than happy if it is happening, but it does have to be happening. And I know then I'm kind of contradicting myself because then how would we know? But you can live in hope that it's happening, um, but I don't have a single problem if it is being done behind the scenes. And I, I agree with you. I think that's kind of the way so far that Nicholson is just going about his business. And I don't know if that's just because he's maybe aware of the situation, aware of how he could have been perceived or how he was perceived really when he did come into come into office really. Um, but yeah, it does seem to be the way that, that things are going and I'm, I'm more than happy with that to be honest. Now David Bates comes in, uh, another cracking avatar, Davey. <laughs> it is time that the Celtic board publicly take the SPFL to task for not ensuring player safety. They have a duty of care. It would also be easy to provide footage of the instance to back it up. Now, that goes against what Amy says, but when I bring up what Sean F. reckons, I do wish Ange would say more in regards to protection of our players in the post-match, as he seems reluctant to say anything in regards to this. Would that suggest, Tony, because he doesn't shirk any tackles, does Ange? Does that suggest that perhaps Ange is safe in the knowledge that things are happening behind the scenes? And that's why he's not he's not calling it out as such. Yeah, you can possibly read that into it. And I think Celtic would be derelict in their duty if they weren't doing it behind closed doors, flagging this issue up. I mean, it would, it would be a gross you know, dereliction of duty, wouldn't it? Because enough's enough. And again, I'm talking about purely from a Celtic perspective. You know, we're watching every week tackles going in and their players, which could put them in the stands for a long time. You know, just thankfully they haven't. But you're just waiting on it coming now, aren't you? And it offered absolutely no protection, no referees clamping down on it or do taking the necessary action needed against the perpetrators. So something has to be done. And I, I'd rather Celtic did it privately myself because we don't need it. A, a narrative or a soap opera like that played out uh, publicly. And I think that's why Angel no make any reference to it. Mm-hmm. All year, all since he came in, no excuses. We go again. We get on with it. That's been his mantra. Yeah. You know, and you know why? Football, football, football. Stick to the football. We'll just stick to one in matches. Yeah, it's, yeah, we're getting injured players and, you know, it's a challenge. If he keeps telling his players to rise to the challenge, can you rise to this one? Can you rise to the next one? 
three big ones coming up. No, and people say, "Oh, you take it one game at a time, Hearts and Wednesday." Yeah, I get all that, but you've got a three-game sequence for, <laughs> you know, if you do not come out of that looking rosy, you know, you're you're feeling the worst, sadly. And well, whatever happens, the manager will not turn around and say it's because of injuries, it's because of referees. He'll always talk about the football side of it. Yeah. Like we didn't play well, you know, we weren't ruthless, you know. So I think that's the way Andrew wants to play it. And I think he is confident in Norwich because they've got a, a really tight working relationship, him and Michael Nicholson. I don't think for a minute that a conversation has not been had by Andrew and Michael Nicholson about what to do about this. And you can present your case because you, like, like yourself and Alan, you can have a, a detailed dossier. You know, you can have the incidents and you can put a, a case to say, we want an explanation. We want answers as to why this wasn't a red card, you know. Because the three that you spoke about with McGregor, they all happened in front of the referee, right mm. in front of them. Yep. So some, again, I go back to it. <laughs> and it's not a case of having green tinted specs, which I actually do have green tinted specs, but that's neither here nor there. And what you seen? What are you not seen? I mean, the one, the one with Halliday was incredible. I, I mean, uh, Bobby Madden was right there. He saw it. He, he saw it from the angle that most people saw it from. He mm-hmm. just came out behind Halliday as he lunged in. It's a clear red card. Yeah. And then a referee let Chris Kane kick. Cameron Carter Vickers just blatantly aim boots at him while he's on the floor. <laughs> you know, and you're thinking, what are you seeing there? And then you bring the two of them together, and I think, did he book the two of them? Yeah, Carter Vickers got booked. He got booked yeah. for, for basically being kicked and. He was kicked, kicked on the floor. Yeah, well, for the victim of somebody yeah. booting him. You know, so you turn around and you say, where's the fairness in that? Where's the protection to our player who was lying on the floor? In these kind of instances, so I, I just question what they're actually doing. Everything's coming back to your original question, you know. So whether we do, I'm a, I'm in favour of doing it privately. You approach them, and then that way it's not played out in in the media, and there's not so. Which is why Anne's just you'll not entertain it. You know these things. He just brushes off, and we'll talk about football. And I think that's the way he wants it. Because at the yeah. end of the day, you're going, to, you're going to win the title by playing the football that he wants or not, as the case may be, whatever. But you'll be, you'll, you'll know fine well where you stand after the next three games. That, that that's the thing. We've been doing that all season. <laughs> we've, been, we've been looking at the games almost in blocks and saying, well, yeah. if we go through yeah. that and get X amount of points, yeah. we're still in fighting here. Paddy Lavery, welcome to the show again. Afternoon, folks. Uh, D67 likes your comments about James McCarthy because he thinks we should start dishing it out ourselves. But Sean comes back in. That's now McGregor Turnbull out with significant injuries. Rogic away on international duty along with Maeda as well. And Kyogo possibly still out. Hopefully we can sign another two signings this month. What does it do then, Amy? Because a couple of weeks ago we were pretty chuffed with uh, the way the, the squad was shaping up. We're bringing in new bodies. We're finally getting options. But after a game uh, and another couple of injuries, some international um, duty call-ups as well, we're now looking at, you know, 
we're going into games against the likes of Rangers and Hearts. And I'm going to say makeshift because the midfield, you know, particularly, is going to be a makeshift midfield. There's going to be players in there who haven't played together uh, in the Celtic midfield. So it's frustrating, but does that point towards more signings coming in? Do you expect anybody to be added to the four that we've already brought in? That's not counting a fifth who's been brought in for the B team, but, you know, four first-team players. O'Reilly, in fact, could probably feature earlier than we expected as a result of all this. Yeah, he certainly could. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if there were more signings. I know, um, not mind games, but Postacoglu obviously ruled anything out. And then the, the signing of O'Reilly comes in. So he's keeping his clothes cut, uh, close to his chest and, and I'm more than happy with that. A few surprises, uh, a few more surprises along the way, I, I wouldn't be surprised and they certainly would be welcomed. Um, but I don't know if this would, you know kind of fast track it in any way. I think Angel still go about his business the way that he would want to. I think he's already obviously brought in Hathati and Gucci. Um, he's obviously got near beat on as well, who is performing well for him, uh, especially just before the break. So midfield is certainly light, uh, certainly lighter than we'd like it to be, but I don't think it's of any real great catastrophe still. Obviously, you would like it to be in a stronger position without the injuries in particular to obviously McGregor and, and, and Turnbull. Um, and Rightly so. I, I like the fact that Ange came out and said, you know, it's not uh, not necessarily, no, it's not bad, obviously, that Rogic has got called up because you want him to get called up. You want him to get that recognition. And um, it's the same with Maeda. So I've not got a problem with that because it would be it would be shocking if, you know, if Tom Rogic wasn't getting called up, especially on his recent form. Although in saying that, I don't think Saturday was his best game. And I'm uh, obviously a massive Tom Rogic fan. But, no, I don't think that this will necessarily, you know, fast, than anything or, or fast track any kind of moves but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Ange already did have some in the back burner We'll have a wee talk, talk about the, the most recent transfer news that's coming through involving a player that's leaving the club perhaps Strange Love the Doctor, the elbow on Welsh was a red card, yeah I think that's the second one we've seen this season where it could have resulted in a red card and Brown Warrior, the lad who left one on Gucci was actually having a great game didn't look out of place against us, his follow through was terrible, the, the more you watch it the worse it seems to get um, and Monty's asking why McGregor was playing in the first place. I mean, this is something we spoke about before the game um, in the days leading up to the game and which players would be rested, which players can you afford to rest, which ones you can't afford to rest. And I remember against much better opposition last season and at home as well, we rested McGregor against Ross County and it backfired. Tony, I don't think you rest your captain. It doesn't matter who you're playing. No, hindsight's a great thing. Nobody thought McGregor would get injured on Saturday. You know, when he was playing, so you know, any Celtic player could get injured this season. <laughs> We've seen that in action, so you know, that's I you trust the manager. The manager wanted to play the captain on Saturday because, as you see, he can easily come a cropper at these grounds, and then it's why did you not play McGregor if he's not playing and you get beat? So, I get I told you, you're damned if you do, damned if you do. In these games, you know, no, nobody. Nobody thinks for a minute that someone's going to slam into McGregor and fracture his cheekbone. It's just, no, but they have. We're now missing a vital player. We, but in the words of the manager, you have to go on with it and deal with it. Mm. You McGregor to play on Saturday, that's it. You don't rest your captain for these games. You know, so I, I don't have a problem with McGregor playing on Saturday. Also, Tony. They won the game. We've won, we've won the game 2-1. 
now you take a captain out of that, you take McGregor out of that game entirely, and it, it becomes tougher because you know who who plays in his place. You might say that the first guy in line might be near Beaton, and it's a d- discussion for later on anyway because we're going to be looking at the midfield for Wednesday night. But that wasn't an easy game. That was a potential banana skin, and I just yeah. think you need you needed the core of your team in there. Um, so it's not about. A player getting injured, why didn't you rest them? That's just having the benefit of hindsight. Um, when we're looking at the Cup as well, you're looking to win every tournament that we go into. I mean, Tony's already putting in his holidays for Albania on the 25th of May. We want to win every tournament we go in for. And when you look at the last 16 as well, I mean, some of the lower league clubs have done really well to get through there. When you look at the percentage of them, Peterhead, our broth who are having a dream season anyway, Annan, uh, Patrick Thistle, Kelty Hearts and Wraith Rovers, all in the last 16. And of course, we draw Wraith Rovers. We've already played and beat them this season. Um, and we'll deal with that game when it comes round. Uh, but when we're looking at the players outgoing then, I'm going to come to Amy first and then come to yourself. We've been talking all season about Mikey Johnson and what we need to do to try either to get him back on track in a Celtic jersey or for him to go into the next stage of his career, Amy. He's, he's only 22 Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Now, I say only because he's been round about the team for a number of seasons now. Left winger, of course, where we now have options. We didn't really have many options up until recently. But he's got a long contract. His contract runs up until the end of May 2025. So with 77 appearances under his belt, there is a suggestion that he might be going on loan, Christie-esque, to Aberdeen. Is this the right move for the player and for the club? I don't think so. I would much rather him go to to Kilmarnock, to be honest with you. Um, I saw those were were, um, rumours with, obviously, with Adam Montgomery. um, But I would also be more than happy if Mikey Johnson went out there as well. Um, And the reason I'm saying that is because I just think that with Kilmarnock, it's the the same kind of way that teams play against Celtic the way that teams play against Kilmarnock and I think it'll be great for Adam Montgomery and I really do hope that move goes through but I wouldn't shy away with with, with Johnson out there as well you're also thinking they would probably be playing down the same flank um, but the way that teams sit in and try to defend against Celtic and make it really hard to break down is the same way that they're doing against with, with Kelly right now Um albeit there's a few teams at the top of the championship right now. It's really tight, really contested. You mentioned our growth. Um, but I'm not sure if Aberdeen is the right fit right now. I'm not too impressed with Aberdeen. Um, I just don't, I don't know what, I don't think things are clicking. I think they're, they're definitely going better under glass than they were at the start. But um, for for me, I don't see it being the right move for, for Mikey Johnson, the creativity. I don't think that Aberdeen have that. Um, up top, there's Ramirez, obviously, who I do quite like, but um, I, I'm not the biggest fan of him going up to Aberdeen, in all honesty. Mm. What's your thoughts, Tony? Because, again, pretty early on, there was a couple of players where I identified 
the other one being Dembele actually, but he got injured, uh, another guy on injury uh, list. But we say about Johnson that it's a make or break season at Celtic. Hasn't worked out so far. We're moving into February. Uh, we've got cover now that we didn't really have up until recently on the left-hand side. A loan deal of some description, and I'm I'm a big fan of loaning out to this, you know, a team in our league so yeah. that you're playing at the level. Um, and I'm looking at that Aberdeen, and I'm probably thinking of Christie, but there's no guarantee it's going to work out the same way. If it doesn't work out wherever he goes, what happens to Mikey Johnson? Well, first and foremost, I, I disagree with him in terms of I think it's a good idea for him to go to Aberdeen because he's not going to get any game time at Celtic because we do have that cover that you say and I'm a big fan of just getting used to the teams that you're going to play and the terrain and just go and do what Ryan Christie did. No, go and do what... You know, well, McGregor's the other one who went on loan to Notts County, did well. Ayer at Kilmarnock, Kilmarnock won a Premier team. You know, so those three guys, just they're, they're your role models for going on loan and, and making a difference and coming back refreshed, re-energised and confident because you've actually contributed, made an impact and had minutes as opposed to playing bit parts here and there with a Celtic support who still make him a scapegoat and a whipping boy at times. You know, I, I, I've, I've had my say and Mikey Johnston, I've, I've told you that I just don't think he, he's going to make it as a Celtic player. But this is a chance for him to go out on loan and get valuable game time and get that run of games that people keep talking about and make a contribution, make an impact, so that when you come back, you are the player that everybody thinks they see and Mikey Johnson, which I just don't see. And uh, yeah, um, and if you can, I mean, you, you said he's got a long contract. And if it doesn't work out at Aberdeen, then you'll know you have to cut your losses and you, there'll be a mutual parting of the ways at, at the end of the season. Because it was a big season for Mikey Johnson. And so far, for me anyway, he failed to impress. And as I say, I've had my say on it and... And I just think that maybe getting out of Celtic at this moment in time is the, is the best thing for him. It's the best thing for Celtic to see if he can, yeah, agree with that too. You know, to see if he can kind of resurrect any semblance of a Celtic career that he might have on his return. Mm, David agrees. Um, David Miller comes in as well. We're talking about, we're looking ahead. There's, we know there's games before the Rangers game. We're looking ahead to that. Uh, and a draw, reckons David from Perth, would be a good result at this stage. All comes down to personnel, doesn't it? And uh, when we're looking at the players missing, Kyogo injured, McGregor injured, Turnbull injured, Maeda and, and Roderick on international duty. Uh, Maeda, I'm going to say he's going to be a loss, even though we've only seen him for two games, because he's shown what he can do in those two games. And I think that uh, by the time the Rangers game came around, you know, he, he could have been up to full speed with um, four games under his belt, etc. We know that's not going to happen. Every one of those players is a big loss. And I think the midfield is the, is the, the real concern uh, at this moment in time. I'm going to give you what I think we'll start with um, under the circumstances and with the players that we have at our disposal. Um, and it might seem a bit strange. Uh, I'm just sorry, everybody who's expecting me to say James McCarthy starts. No, I'm not going to play James McCarthy. But I will play Beaton as my six. Um, I don't think he's let us down in that position this season, even when he's come on as a substitute. Um, O'Reilly, and people might think, you don't know anything about him. 
I think we're in a situation where we need a number eight. We need that box-to-box type player. Who else can do that job? Um, is he fit? I hope so. Um, and if so, I would introduce O'Reilly into the side. And then, does it, you know, does that mean that we play Hatate as that number 10? Because that's a position now that we're struggling to fill with a natural number 10, a player that we would expect um, to be playing there. I think Hatate plays there. Amy, what's your thoughts on the midfield trio for Wednesday night? Um, I can agree with you that I think it'll be beat on. Um, I, I just think his experience will come in. Um, we're talking about guys who know grounds and, and all these different um, factors that contribute. And the fact that pre-international, uh, pre-Christmas um, break, I, I think beat on was doing more than okay. I'm not sure if, if O'Reilly does come in right away. Um, if you then ask me if he should come in otherwise, then I'm, I'm probably scratching a, a little bit there. But I, it's a baptism of fire if it is. Um, but, you know, I think Alan Morrison said it, that um, he's got all the all the stats or the info on him. And so far, going through the um, the division uh, that he was in, he was at the top of, of almost all, all the... All the charts, so he, he probably can come up and do it at this level. So um, maybe, maybe Ange will throw that curveball in. He is partial to a little curveball, but I can see being beat on. I would be happy with that. Um, and then I was impressed by by Hatati uh, against Hib last week. I know a lot are saying that it wasn't as great as perhaps the, the post reaction was, and perhaps it was hyped up a little bit. But I just thought he looked like a Rolls Royce. To be honest, I think he walked right in really controlled the pitch. He didn't really, you know, um, show any kind of of uh, lapse in concentration or anything like that. And I think he was able to um, step up to the occasion really well. So I've been more than happy with him. Um, and I think so far, obviously, it's just one game, so I'm not getting on the high horse too much, but he just kind of fitted in quite seamlessly. He did. He did. He was very impressive. And I felt Maeda had a great first game as well. Tony, what's your thoughts on it? Because, I mean, there's two or three different ways you could line up. Do you think there'll be any um, surprises? Do you think someone's going to come in from the cold? I wouldn't expect that from Ange. No, I wouldn't expect that. I, I'm inclined to go with that midfield three as well. Hattati O'Reilly and Beaton sitting. Because I think Matt O'Reilly has been having a tremendous season for MK Dons. And so, you know, his confidence is there. You know, and I think barring the fact that his international clearance wasn't through, I think he would have played some part on Saturday. Mm. Uh, so I'll, I, it's it's a risk. Granted, it's a risk with two new players in Beaton, but what else have you got? But also, we're talking on a podcast earlier this morning, and one of the boys said Juranovic possibly to come into the midfield because he can play there mm. if he wanted to shore it up, you know, or, or push him in a more advanced position. You know, so that that's that's a player that Juranovic can actually do that. You know, and then you could just put Ralston to where Juranovic is if he was inclined to do that. But I've got a feeling that he'll he'll go with Beaton sitting and Hitati and O'Reilly. That that was my first thoughts when I was thinking about the midfield for the Hearts game because I still think on paper that looks pretty decent. I know I've not seen. You know, you're, and you're judging Hatati on one game, as Amy said, but it was quite impressive. So mm. that's fine. Beat on, you can trust because he's found a bit of form, arguably the best form of his Celtic career. Uh, you can argue the toss on that, but I think he has this season. So he's not let you down. And then O'Reilly, you know, from what you've seen of him, 
he looks like that dynamic box to box guy who's got an eye for a goal as well. So I would let him loose and see what happens. And if not, if it's not happening, then change it around with maybe Juranovic or whatever to, to suit. But that's that was certainly my thinking. And as for taking the 25th of May off, I've only done that because I want to be partisan in Tirana. See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, the the, the Tyranian beard uh, was part of that particular game as well. Now, if we're looking at the, the comment section, Simon brings up a, a point in relation to when do you when do you rest a player like McGregor who plays if he's fit, he plays. And, you know, that's been the nature of Callum McGregor since he broke into the side under Ronnie Dyla, really, you know, playing a huge amount of games season in, season out. Well, I always think that games like the Alma game probably are not the occasion um, to, to rest a player because that, that is a potential banana skin. And in many ways, more of more of a banana skin than a game against a team in your own division at home who aren't doing so well. And so in the same game at home against the likes of Dundee or St Mirren or Ross County, um, if they're in the, the lower reaches of the division, that you would maybe bleed a youngster in. I think that's the same kind of game that you would rest a player and put them on the bench. Um, and your backup is the fact that, you know, if it's not going so well, he's on the bench and you can bring him on. That's the types of games I would be far more confident in resting a player like Callum McGregor. And I think that uh, the point I made last season was that when Welsh came into the side, because it's a similar type of game, when Welsh came into the side and he's thrown in against Rangers, that boy should have had 20 games under his belt. Because for the previous nine seasons, we had won the league. So there are occasions at home against teams that aren't, doing particularly well in the league, that you can play young guys and you can rest guys like Callum McGregor. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, I just see away games often as risky. I mean, we beat St Mirren 6-0 at home. We can draw nothing each away from home, which has happened this season. Um, And I know it doesn't always work and there's no exact science, but if you're playing a team in the league from the lower reaches, I think that's when you rest a player like McGregor. I don't know. At home, at home. Yeah, it sounds like like hindsight, obviously, but I I predicted my team on Saturday and I didn't have McGregor in it. I obviously, I, I, like I say, I've seen Aloha. Uh, I know that makes me sound, but I, genuinely, I did have it before. Um, and I wasn't impressed by Aloha. They beat Bonnerig, obviously, 5 now, but it wasn't, wasn't it? Bonnerig were absolutely shocking that day. So I wasn't impressed by them at all. Um, and... I do agree with you, to be honest. Um, and then usually in a game like this, I wouldn't rest McGregor. But I think it was just, I was so conscious, obviously, that the running games at Celtic have coming up, Hearts, Dundee United, Rangers. And I just didn't feel that this was the, the right game for McGregor. But um, I was doing it with my dad, and my dad had McGregor in. Um, because, and then his argument was, you know, you're just back for the international, eh, I've got to say international, but just from Christmas break, um, and you're wanting that string of, of consistency. So everyone is going to have different opinions on it. Personally, I didn't have McGregor in purely because I didn't think that Aloha were going to cause really any kind of concern. Um, they're really stop-start in the league as well. Um, they can go on a decent run, but then other times they're just absolutely woeful. So I didn't. I know a banana skin is always potential, but see if it was against like a Cove Rangers, and I know that's easy said after them pibs, but... Paul Hartley's got a lot of money up there, a lot of good players up there and are playing, you know, they should be playing much higher up. I don't think Aloha, I think Aloha are playing at their level. So even if it was on our growth, something like that, but I didn't really see Aloha being a potential banana skin. And you look at the result, I know it's 2-1, but it was never a 2-1 game. 
Um, I agree with what you say, but then in the same, you would look at you know Celtics against St Mirren in December, and it was shocking. So <coughs> I didn't to be dropping McGregor then. Hindsight's a wonderful thing at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, if it was me, I actually wouldn't have had McGregor in. Listen, were you uh, picking the right team and Colin Watt uh, <laughs> predicting the, the outcome of every game in the Scottish Cup? I think we need to start uh, putting our coot on, right? Now, so. there is a player who has just signed for Aberdeen. Thanks, Amy, for the update. They've signed a Dutch winger, Vicente Bezugien. I know that's probably wrong, but they brought him in from Den Haag and he's a winger. So, you know, it looks as though if they are looking for Mikey Johnson, They've obviously had a few other options as well. So who knows how that's going to affect any potential Mikey Johnson deal. But I'll tell you what, that's been a quick hour, as it always is on a Monday. Um, big, hot topics. Hot topics that aren't going to go away until changes are made in relation to the way that we officiate our games. Um, do, do referees have to be full-time in this country? I think that would definitely be a step in the right direction. But uh, thanks, everybody, for getting involved on the chat section. It's always... Uh, good value to to dig into the chat um, and see all the internal conversations that go on between a lot of the regulars as well. Thanks for joining us on Facebook and LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch and and Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're not, get onto YouTube and subscribe um, as we are putting out uh, content every single day. We'll be in Manchester tomorrow filming some brand new content. So watch this space. It should be on the channel within a week or so. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you to Tony Haggerty and Amy Canavan for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.